Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Hassan with another episode of the Influence Continuum. And I am especially um, looking forward to this interview with Sochil Martin, who is a courageous whistleblower champion in my mind and in the world's mind. Uh, Sochil has an incredible story. Uh, I should say before we get into more details, uh, HBO did a three-parter called Unveiled uh, that details uh, a, a lot about her life growing up in an abusive Mexican, but also international uh, Bible cult, Bible-esque cult. So I'm just going to read a little bit, so chill, and say you're a Mexican-American woman, and uh, the cult's name is La Luz del Mundo, and it was established in the 20s, and it was kind of a, a, uh, a, a new apostolic reformation-type cult where the leader says, I'm an apostle, I speak directly to God, and then he turned it over to his son, turned it over to his son. So it's been a dynasty of, of authoritarianism and abuse. Um, and I'll just add that they claim to have 5 million people worldwide. Sometimes these groups exaggerate, but sometimes there are more people than they actually know about who are in it. Uh, you were, you know, raised in this, and you were basically groomed at birth. Uh, and uh, the sexualizing of your childhood began at the tender age of nine years old, and ultimately you were taken as a concubine, as a sacrifice, uh, by Sochil's legal guardian, who is also her aunt to the leader. You were 12 years old when you were beginning to dance inappropriate for the leader, and you were essentially used as a slave. Um, and you managed to get out um, when you turned 30 years old. So this is a, a your family is four generations, starting with your great grandmother, who was brought into the cult in Baja, California, Mexico. And um, and with the help of your beloved husband, Martin, who I've gotten to meet, at least on Zoom, uh, you managed to get out and begin your recovery and do whistleblowing on the group. And the cult leader's in jail. Yay! Yay! Um, and, uh, and, and we're so glad that, that he was brought to justice, although... Everyone, I understand, were very upset that there was a plea deal without talking to survivors, and he pled to and got 16 years. Uh, so there was a disappointment about that that he only got 16 years, and I and, and the cult still is saying he's being persecuted, like Jesus was being persecuted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we now hear that the U.S. federal government has uh, placed child pornography charges because images were found on his, um, I guess, laptop or, or, or tablet. And so what else? You founded a foundation uh, with you, Foundation in 2020, and you're committed to helping to change legislation to help survivors of human child trafficking 
and you want to ally yourself with therapists, educators, doctors, scientists, because we want to stop this abuse and we want to help liberate these millions of people who are still under the control. So you're you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a, a, an activist. <sighs> so, Socho <laughs> Martin, welcome to the Influence Continuum. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Stephen, for uh, just having this platform available to survivors like myself. And I understand and I know a little bit about your story as well. And the fact that you have created a platform like this and the work that you've done has really opened doors for a lot of the the um, the change that we're trying to push through because in a lot of this um, along the way I've seen certain avenues where you know I say hey maybe we, if we go this way and then here you have Dr. Stephen Hassan who's already been there and is, is actually working on on this layer and then you have um, other other activists who are also doing great work and you say well these people are already so many steps ahead and what is um, I guess you would say irritating sometimes for survivors like myself who are who are learning and have not had too much time away from a multi-generational uh, I guess re- being brought up in a cult it's just it's in my bloodstream it's in my DNA right and when you leave, you really do start from nothing. You have no family, you have no community, you have no sense of self, you don't know really how the world works. Yeah. And so having people like yourself and activists like yourself who really have just, you know, broken down those walls and you're opening these doors and it really helps us. So honestly, thank you so much. And sure. But let's just clarify, because we have lots of people who are second generation and third generation uh, born in in authoritarian cults. Um, Let's just clarify that that if if you leave, your family may still be there and they are taught to shun you because you're evil, because you're leaving the apostle and you're now part of Satan's world. Right, it's not you Correct. divorcing your family. You're saying, "Hey, this is corrupt and immoral and indecent and criminal, and it's got to be stopped." And they're like, "You're possessed by the devil," and you know, correct. <laughs> how that's how they. Yeah. That's all we knew, Stephen. I mean, that's really all we knew growing up. Right. If you are not here, you are you are a disappointment to the family because you are not your cancer and you are the worst, uh, um, I guess you would say, for a, for a family member, let's say in the light of the world, mm. speaking particularly where I, I survived. This particular organization at 14 years of age, if you do not get baptized, you're you're left with nothing. Your family literally tells you, you do not come back home. You do not have a home here. So there's no, there's no more family. There's no more school. There's no more home. There's no more, I guess you would say a birthday. There's no more grandparents. There's no more, uh, you know, you don't have, forget community. You have nothing. And since they also 
also make us feel and, and really get at us if we have friends outside of the community, then you really don't have bonds with outside friendships. Right. So you even lose friendships even inside of the organization. So you lose everything. Right. So how does a child at 14 years of age or younger say, hey, you know what? I don't want to belong to this to this church. I don't want to belong to this belief. Right. It's then, psychological imprisonment is what it and is. Physical. And and, and physical if I can too. quote my mentor, Robert J. Lifton, whose books Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism, which was written in 1961, it came out about Chinese communist brainwashing. And that was what was used in my deprogramming back in 1976. The number eight of the eight criteria is called dispensing of existence. And he said, if you're in the group, you have a right to exist. And if you leave the group, you have no right to exist, including you have the right to be hurt or harassed or threatened or sued because you don't have the same human rights as everybody Correct. who's in the group. And and it's right. very it's the opposite of what we now know, you know, as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights from the United Nations, for example. Absolutely. And then talking about how belonging to someone that is slavery. And so a child in La Luz del Mundo or even a human being, a wife, um, you know, they are used as property. Yep. But the property belongs to the leader. The property belongs to the apostle, particularly in La Luz del Mundo. Mm -hmm. um, you do not have a say-so over your own life. Yep. So, and, and I'm not only speaking for myself, but I would say... 95% of all LDM members, all of them, you know, they woke up LDM. They, it, it was, it's, it's our patriarchy. Right. That's what we are. And the very short percentage of those who said, uh-uh, this is wrong. I smell something wrong. Okay. I got baptized, but I'm out was because they were not multi-generational. They probably came in five years before and you know what? Nobody was really pushing on them. They were they would kind of go to church and then not go to church. Right. But then you have the multi generations or those who came in. Right. Those who come in really young in LDM, they they stay there. Yep. And they have their kids there. And maybe right now they're they might be my age, but they're second generation and their kids now. Yeah. So it is all very much if you are not from if you you are not LDM then you deserve to be destroyed because you are a cancer to this world. And anything that the servant of God or the leadership, our doctrine says, will happen to you. It should happen to you because you're a bad person. Right. You know, And you mocked God. You're laughing at God after all of the good things he did for you, after everything the servant of God did to you. And it's like they completely wipe out the fact that these people have family. They have a mom and a dad who who educated them, informed them, and went to work and beat their brains out trying right. to make trying to bring bread to the table right. and get them into school. And they completely strip them, strip parents from anything good that they ever did to their kids. And that's what they do. They like alienate you from your own family so you're left with nothing 
but the apostle. So if you have a job, it's because of him. If you have health, it's because of him. I mean, yeah, everything, sure everything that good is because of the cult leader and the cult and everything that goes wrong is you have sin that you haven't repented of, or you've done something wrong. Uh, but, Correct. but, but like so many um, groups, women are second class citizens. They're the property Correct. of the husbands, certainly the property of the apostle. If the apostle Correct. thinks you're cute, then he's going to make the steps to groom, have you groomed. And right. he uses other former victims to groom the new victims. Correct. And they're very, very Sometimes young. their own parents. Their own parents. <laughs> Sometimes their own parents. Yeah, um, it's so disgusting and horrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. I did want to just quickly comment that I interviewed Faith Jones, who was raised in the Children of God cult, which was a, okay. another sex abuse yes. cult by a pedophile, um, uh, Moses David, who claimed to be the prophet. And mm -hmm. she became an attorney, and she did a TED Talk, and she has a book called uh, I Own Me. And uh, she is, oh, is asserting that. property rights law and contract law around women and children that you know should be able to say you don't have a right to violate my body like i own me and it's a beautiful Absolutely. model and you should Absolutely. you should you should check her out i'll be happy to introduce you to her yes please and i think we could do amazing work when all of us who are survivors of being stripped off of our human right of being free right just being free being born free and, and living a free life when you're a child. And I do believe that having these type of groups, Stephen, and I'm sure that you probably spoke uh, with her about this, is that in multi-generational groups like this, is that when you're born into uh, this type of organization like La Luz del Mundo, is that you're, you not only as a child don't have a say-so, you don't, not only in your house and culturally yep. speaking, especially in like Hispanic households, but um, more so in a religious sense. You you do, as I say, and, it, and it's not so much as in parents should be those who guide a child on how to live overall in your wellness, right? right? That's what a parent is there for. I'm a mother of an 11-year-old little girl who certainly has a mind of her, of her own. And I think I've introduced you to her and, and she, she certainly has a mind of her own, but when you're in groups like this, particularly my legal guardian who raised me since I was a baby, um, she was my mom. So mm -hmm. anything she said was what anything she said was, was a, a do. And, and I had to absolutely follow what my mom said, but it was always very much attached to that belief of, La Luz del Mundo. Mm -hmm. So I was always, since I was a little baby, a little baby girl, I always knew that I belonged to him. Yeah. There were no boundaries right. to him right. in my because there were no boundaries to her. Yep. As, as 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 also a survivor herself, even though she doesn't see it that way, they think it's a blessing. And she's she's not a her true self is not a best right. Stephen, she raised me and my four half brothers. Mm -hmm. She was 21. She was my aunt. Like, 
a bad person doesn't do that. Mm. I mean, and my grandparents, other aunts and uncles, they, they wanted nothing to do with this. They didn't want to take care of the social service, the church, nothing. They completely alienated mm. my mom, my biological mother had her to be the worst as a traitor to the apostle. She didn't appreciate the blessings she had after everything that they were doing to her mm -hmm. and she was a child and her life was lost to drugs and alcohol mm. and they completely tear up this family and they still sort of wipe their hands and say i have nothing to do with that that's the, their family that's their problem and they take no responsibility for the lives and the families that they destroy with the culture right with that culture that they built a cult from, sure. from our yes. cult. A, a culture sure yes yeah exactly so i mean i i just what 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 i want to convey to our listeners about your story is is also just that it's another example of, of abuse by religious authority figures who claim to speak to god and claim to be the greatest person on earth and no other churches are legitimate, only theirs. And, and the control of behavior and information and thoughts and emotions to make a pseudo-identity in the image of the group. And you're trained Correct. to be obedient. <laughs> Wasn't there corporal punishment also? Spanking? Yeah, and so there were, there were much so. So everything, like you mentioned, is, is based on the Bible. That everything that we is based on the Bible but the apostle's word comes before the Bible. Yeah. So he will all, the Bible means nothing without the apostle of Jesus Christ. God is nothing to us without the apostle of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ himself is nothing to us without him. Right. He ties it all. Right. So he, without, without the, if we had the Bible, so all of this, God and Jesus Christ in the Bible. Without the apostle, it means nothing. Right. So our basis of of understanding how you must scold a child from the moment that they are born, and it's it's in Spanish. That's how I was raised. Sure. It's all in Spanish. So it's a Mexican American church, and it, 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 they would tell us, "Instruye a tu hijo desde su infancia para que cuando sea grande no se desvíe." So since they're since they're children construct them right, lead them right, so that when they're older, they won't, you they know, won't they think won't for themselves. Mistake. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they use that to their benefit. Yeah. And they that's what they do with all of these, like, Bible quotes. And many of them were used to sexually exploit us, to for labor trafficking. Oh, my God, labor trafficking. Right. It's, like, horrible, right? As well as, obviously, sexual exploitation, so this is all happening, but in religious organizations uh, that are cults like La Luz del Mundo, they use the Bible so professionally. Well, they cherry They're pick so verses, they ignore other verses. And as you said, correct. like all Bible cults, the group supersedes the scripture and you can't understand correct. the scripture or have a direct relationship with Jesus without the group or without the leader. So that's the that's the trickery and the mind games that they do. And that's why you feel so beguiled. You feel and then it doesn't help when others who don't know what a cult is because they 
never lived it because ignorance, you know? And so because they say that, they say we're stupid. How could we be so stupid? And then when I say, if they say, oh, but you're multi-generational. So I guess I get you. And it's like, no, 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 wait, I'm sorry. You're not understanding that. Yes, there are layers of it, but when they trick you, they are, they know what they're doing Mm. when they are tricking you through the the way that they persuade you and the way that this just like professional set of 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 just it's it's much more than than a doctrine i think that what they really have it's like they should have a uh, some sort of doctorate degree i'm not sure if they pull well, it's, these it's behavioral aside. conditioning and um from my point of view and others it's uh, they victimize you and they teach you how to victimize others because mm-hmm. you know it was done to you and, and 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 you're grateful because it brought you to salvation so you need to pass yes. it on to other people and again it, there's no reality testing because the outside world is looked at as evil and satanic and fallen and of course you know, uh, judgment day is going to come and you you Correct. better be in good standing. And, um, and regarding the labor trafficking, this is abused so much where, where um, people are spending hours and hours do, build, making buildings and doing other Correct. things that they, the, the church should be using their many millions of dollars to pay laborers to Correct. build the buildings so insurance with 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 their members i mean these are children who are are either being sexually assaulted mm-hmm. or they go missing or during construction sites people die yeah um and and it's it's terrible because again they take a they, you know you lose a mother you lose a father you know a, a mother who has to, a mother who was not like the woman who i ha- saw as a mother who took me talking about other mothers who completely some of the Jane Doe's I remember and other Jane Doe's who are who are also in the Mexican federal case or other Jane Doe's who have spoken up but are are not on any of the of the media platforms but have with with authorities these Jane Doe's all over the world we're talking thousands of, of of women and men who have been assaulted and aggravated in so many different ways. And now they're so angry because they're seeing how they were so lied to and they were beguiled. And they said, you used, you used my body and you used my mind. You used my organs. You used my name. You used my life all for a lie. Mm -hmm. You yeah. said you were going to use my hands every time we had to, and this is not just me. I know many of people, many people in LDM, who and some who have reached out, but most who are who are just out there and talking about it. Like I had to build, uh, help build uh, a, a temple with my with my hands when I my wife had just had a baby. We and we had nowhere to live. Right. But you know, and so you have all of these circumstances of people now who have worked because they were told that that was to make a change in community and to help bring people uh, so that so that they would somehow not only be saved, 
but that they would live healthy right. and that they would live longer and that they would be smarter, that they would be more educated in a sense. So they would somehow make you feel special. Always. But at the same time, yeah. So I don't, they're so gr- uh, uh, great at how to lie. They're just so great at hoodwinking people. Yep. And that's what needs to stop. Yep. And I want to add in, of course, that there's... Um... Typically, with a group like this, they sidle up to politicians and mm-hmm. and want to ingratiate themselves and maybe donate money to help the politician get elected and offer to have members do electioneering to get votes, as well as be told that they should vote for a specific po- a politician. Is that the case with Lulus Del Mundo? LDM. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? It's it's interesting you say that because even after all of the, even just the recent federal indictment yep. and the fact that in Mexico it has been very, very clear that there is a, a federal investigation by the Federal Department of Justice. Um, the IRS was after them. Um, they actually froze their accounts. It's been everywhere. And so even with all of these documentaries releasing all this information out there now on LDM that has been unveiled, even so, politically, they have never been stronger. Hmm. And then you have people like my husband, Shereen, who was in politics and who was in that area of the church. And now he's sort of combating it on that end and calls them out and is consistently on all of these like news networks tell them like there is no division between church and state really right. when there is corruption. And he talks about it and really just sort of puts himself on the line on that end. But they somehow their numbers and politics just keep growing like little, you know, bichos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and well, and, and, and it's Yeah, because, because power and corruption, corruption, you know, and uh uh the children of God would send women to seduce politicians, literally have sex with them so that they'll do favors or look the other way if there were child abuse. Uh, charges being yeah. leveled by by ex members and such. That happened in LDM too, by the way. Interesting. Yes, I'm, the, I'm not surprised. With, with some of the women that were the apostle. Yeah, and yeah. and I guess I also want to just come back to your story because it's you're an extraordinary woman. You have a lot of strength, and it's very. I I've I've been doing this work for 47 years. And there's not a lot of us that I can count, you know, maybe on three sets of hands that I've met over 47 years who stood up to a multi-million or billion-dollar group and said, "You're a fraud, and you're you're doing brainwashing and mind control, and you're abusing people." And and kudos. To and I didn't know that. But I didn't know that. You see, Stephen. So it's so important that we work together mm. as a community. Mm. As survivors, um, if you are advocating in this end, it's like know that you're not alone. Um, if you're listening to this in Mexico, if you're in any part of Latin America, that's we're also trying to get in over there, and you have like, Dr. Stephen helping helping us, and so that's awesome. But know you're not alone. And you see, Stephen, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. Uh-huh. I didn't know what a cult was. If not, I had seen that documentary that Leah Remini. Um, worked with, I believe it was Alex Gibney. I'm Scientology, not sure. Scientology, Leah Remini. And yeah. the aftermath. Yes. Yes. And so I was like, oh my God. I was like, 
I had already left, but I didn't know the word to connect. I remember LDM telling us about, we're not a cult. We're not a cult. We're not a cult. So I'm like, yeah, we're, we're not a cult. Right. But then I'm seeing this documentary out of the blue, just because it popped up. And I was like, oh, that's, what is that? And I, and I, I turned it on and I pressed play and I was, I could not believe it. I'm like, OMG, I think I was in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in a cult. And then I start learning through your work and other, I've read up on, on Dr. Jaja Lilich. I've, mm-hmm. I've just read, I've, I've understood now how they practice. And it's so interesting because I really, when I learned what human trafficking was, what that word was, mm. what sexual assault mm. was, I didn't know right. what it was. I, I kind of knew what molesting was. I didn't know a lot of the words, the definitions to it. I was not, I was ignorant. Of course. You don't so know what you don't know. Was, it's just you know, was, human nature. This stuff was happening of course. to me my whole life. And there was not a day Stephen, when I was a little girl and I, and I would think about my life ending, or I would, I would imagine myself in scenarios, what would happen if I lived, you know, maybe under that, under that tree and I didn't bother anybody. And, and, and it would always come back to me how so many things that were going on in, in, in LDM and in my church and then in Berea, and then all of these things that were happening in my life. And I just was always like, what if I just ended my life today? And then I'd go back and I'd be like, oh my God, no, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Like, no, he needs me. And, and he wouldn't. You know, so all of this. Yeah, you were all, miserable all you fear, that you were even thinking about ending your life. It was the fear that something could happen to me sure. and, any, and I would deserve it. And then much more than when you're now, when you're a mother, yeah. you have a child, all of the responsibility just doubles so you're always on flight or fight risk mm. and you don't even know what the how to what the terminology yep. of all of this anxiety that you have and depression yep. and pain and fear yep. like emotions human emotions that we're so detached from yep. from a very young life and we don't know how to dress when we get out we don't know how to feel yeah yeah, because and everything's so external to the cult. Your identity is merged. Your pseudo-identity is is an extension of the cult. So then you get out and it's like, well, who am I and what do I believe now? Mm-hmm. Like what's and, and you don't know what's normal. You don't know what's healthy. But when you commented about seeing the 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 Leah Remini special, I, I was on uh that show actually myself. Yes, as a guest, but I you know, the pattern when I'm teaching people how to help loved ones who are in currently in a cult is you don't attack the leader, the doctrine, or the group directly because the person gets defensive, feels like you're persecuting them, but you talk to them about another group, another mm-hmm. situation, ask their opinion, like, what do you think about Scientology? Watch this with me. Tell me what you think. And then you're watching it and you're going, wait a minute, this is like a parallel to what I'm experiencing. Different words, different leaders. It's not a Bible cult, but behavior control, information control, thought control, emotional control, you know, cutting off from family and friends if you disobey the rules. Um, Because they don't teach you what, 
they, when you're listening to it and they tell you that it's a cult, and, I'm, and I would remember when they would say that they were saying that we were a cult. First of all, I didn't know what a cult was. Right. Even when I was in, so I'm like, yeah, that sounds creepy. And we're not like the KKK and we're not like creeps that are hiding in basements and like, no, we're not that. But then we would hear about Legionarios de Cristo and, oh, they're a cult though. I didn't even know what a cult was, but I'm like, yeah, that they're creepy and weird. And they say that they're, that they have the truth of God. And no, only the apostle of Jesus Christ has the truth, truth right. of God. And only we are the, we have the real truth. So you you don't really know how that human side of you right. would under would even understand right what that is. We don't know how to think right. No, I I, like I you're, you're, my listeners will resonate with this uh, a thousand percent. Um, and and the the critical thing, obviously, from my work is you know realizing that that was an abnormal environment. It's not healthy. And now Absolutely you get not. to rewire your own brain, decide what you believe. Yes, you know, it's so hard. You have real <laughs> friends who care about you, and yeah. it's not about obedience yeah. to a doctrine or, 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 or fear-based or shame-based or guilt-based. Yeah. And, um, and it's work to, 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 to figure out, like, who am I? And I say... Try some different things out. Like, I, I, as a therapist, yeah. I'll say, when when do you feel the most you is one of my favorite questions that I was taught oh. by one of my teachers. And and people will be like, hmm, when I'm playing guitar, when I'm when I'm surfing, when I'm teaching young children. Um and I'm like, that's a good starting point. <laughs> if that's when that's you, beautiful. when you feel, oh my goodness, you know, and and people do have moments of reference points where they just truly are grateful to be alive, and and I've never heard that question before, and it's so healing. Ah, uh, great. It is so so healing. Well, uh, uh, there's there's more you can flesh out on that. But the other thing is, sometimes people will say to me when they're born in a cult, they're like, "I don't know how to be a person." I'm like, "Well, have you read any books?" "Oh yeah, I read I read all the time." I'm like, "Well, are there any characters in the books that you really admire, or attributes of uh, characters in the books, or attributes okay. of characters in movies that you've seen?" Well, yeah, come to think of it, I really like, you know, this person's really genuine and compassionate or this person's really funny. This person, you know, is really creative. I'm like, try that on. See how that feels to be a creative person. Try try, try that one on because we don't have to be set in stone. In fact, human beings adapt and grow. And it's good to change your mind and expand your beliefs yeah. and your perspectives. It's it's being alive. And being having your own personality. Just yeah. being give if they were to give us if they would have given us the human right and just particularly the the people who have grown up in uh, let's say LDM, um, in my personal circumstance, I was I was taken that side of my personality that that side of my personality was taken away because oh, suppressed. I'm, I'm a big tomboy at heart it was suppressed <laughs> or suppressed yes yeah. and always through the bible you know that's 
that's not what the Bible says. And that's not what the apostle of Jesus Christ says. And if, especially if you're in this group, right. in the group that we had as, as concubines, you had to have a particular uh, size and you, you're, you're, you had to look a particular way and act a, perf- a, a, a certain way. Yeah. I was going to say a perfect way, but yeah, we had to be perfect because, because we were his and we were being prepared for him. Right. Sort of like in, in with Rebecca, um, I'm sorry, not with Rebecca, uh, with um, Esther, when you know, her name is changed to Hadassah, but her, but Esther, she is prepared as as well as all the concubines for a whole year to be just taken before the king. Mm. And in our circumstance, they were preparing us. Mm-hmm. And so we had to act a certain way and not speak to anybody, even within the community. Yeah, information own, control. Yeah, levels. But even, so, so there were cult, yeah, there was like a cult inside of the cult. Right. And so with the, with the unconditionals of that. Right. And so in this particular circumstance, I loved, I was a big tomboy, Stephen. I was a big, big tomboy. I grew up with just brothers, you know, cousins who were all boys. My only two female cousins were all the way in San Francisco and, you know, and then in San Jose, like very, very far away. And I was a big tomboy and I wasn't allowed to be a tomboy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to be masculine. And then we had to wear long skirts. I didn't want to have my sweet 14. You have your quinceañeras and your bat mitzvahs. In LDM, it was your 14. Mm. And I didn't want a big fancy dress. Like I, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And all of the girls who were dressed in pretty different colors, my aunt chose all of that. Yeah. So my mom was the one behind all of the pretty stuff. And I didn't want any of it because it wasn't like I didn't. It wasn't interesting to me. Right. I wanted to go play baseball. Yeah, you want to wear jeans to be on the and hang out. I wanted to wear jeans <laughs> and shorts. I wanted a big. I wanted to wear big t-shirts and I wanted to wear hats. And she didn't buy me like any anything that was boyish. Yeah. So now that I can and I leave and I'm like, oh my god! So I I went through my shopping spurt at one point where I was just only buying boy clothes because I felt more comfortable. And then I, I'm like, but I also like dresses and I think dresses are pretty. But then I go back and I'm like, no, because set, being sexy is gross. And it's like, it's a trigger to me because if I look pretty, then I just go back to it's bad. Like mm. I'm the problem. It's, it's, it was my fault. That's how I see it. And mm. it, it's, it's just so- because that's when they take you, you know, like, they take you to this place where they separate you from a certain other group. Right. And, and and then they make you feel like you can be this way, you can be sexy this way, but only for him. Right. And it doesn't matter how there's no boundaries for him. Yeah. So even 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 your even your person is being used against you as a weapon. Yeah. And you know, even yeah. even in that sense. So let me just share that. You know, in the recovery uh, work that I do with ex-members, a lot of the initial healing, and I think you've been out for about seven years now, is that correct? So it's still relatively young because I think you're 37. So you have 30 years of programming and seven years of discovering (laughs) what is real and what's reality. Uh, It will get better in time, but it's very normal to be reactive. So for example, in the Moonies, you couldn't wear a beard. So I wrote, I grew a beard, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't wear long hair. I grew it long, uh, you know, 
couldn't kiss women. You know, Satan was invading me (laughs) if I kissed a woman. But if I thought back, and I was only in two and a half years, if I thought back, I love kissing women. But (laughs) it was like, kiss women. But then finally, it was like the real me liked to kiss women. (laughs) I'm going to force myself to enjoy it. It didn't take that long to enjoy it again. But I had to get the indoctrination out of my head that it was evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, so the 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 notion of I don't want to wear dresses because they made me wear dresses when I didn't want to wear dresses. Right. You wanna, That's me. You want to <laughs> figure out the not just reactivity to them, but also how do I feel? Would I like to try this dress on or not? And, and et cetera. Right. And, and you can go through different phases where you only wear jeans or you, you know, and, yeah. and you get to choose. That's what's so beautiful. Even like cutting my hair, um, we had to, we couldn't cut our hair. So it always had to be a certain length. If it was above a certain, just above any, a certain length, then you'd get called out. Like the sisters would call you to the back. And as an unconditional avow, that starts in with your mother who's grooming. Yeah. She, she's essentially your groomer, right? Your first groomer. Um, and so, so I didn't have to worry about that ever because she would never let me leave the house with pants, even because we had to wear long skirts and cover our bodies. Right. And my hair had to be a certain length, and the makeup and dyeing your hair and earrings—oh, a no-no in LDA. Yep. First thing I did: chopped my hair off, wore a mini skirt, and put on earrings. Is like the first thing I did. So. Rock and roll. That's all, you know, this is so healthy and normal. So uh, anyone listening to this, think about things that you would like to do that the group would never allow you to do. And, you know, you can, you know, check it out, try it on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to shift, if I may, to the fact that you, there are all these people still stuck in mind control in this cult, and I know a lot of your energy is committed to what can we do to help wake you know, these millions of people up. And um, talk about talk about, you know, because I know you have, you're with a community of survivors, and many of them, also have family members and friends still in the cult. Correct. And uh, with with us survivors of particularly La Luz del Mundo, um, we've understood, especially after a certain generation, mm-hmm. uh, you know that your parents are not going to get out. Like you know your family's never going to get out. And it's a very sad reality. Um, and then you have those particular... Uh, uh, miracles, I guess you would call. I don't know. I don't. I, I have never used that term. Oh my god! But trigger those m- miracles. Trigger. No, but I want to come back. Yeah. Can I interrupt you for a second? So, you, when you said no, they know their parents will never get out. I challenge yeah. that because nobody knows the future. And I let's help my aunt. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, aunt, is you want to protect yourself from having unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to protect yourself by not setting the expectation that they're definitely going to leave. But you don't, you don't know a hundred percent because we haven't had the future yet that they're not going to leave. You don't know what you don't know. 
And my living philosophy, and you can say, Steve, you're an idealist, but my, my philosophy is deep down inside, people want to be free and they don't like yeah. to be exploited and abused and lied to. And that I personally believe in God. Um, and mm -hmm. you never know that people might have an experience or a set of experiences or in the group that turn them off to the group or positive experiences with non-believers on the outside that get them going, wait a minute, I should not be having a positive experience with this person. And I'm falling in love with yeah. them, for example. So, and I, I think that you have the layers of these certain, for example, generations where some of the maybe first generation or even second generation, let's say an LDM, would be open to like maybe marrying outside of LDM or letting yourself go there yep. um, or not. You know, so that's what, but for example, my, my mom, particularly the woman who raised me, my legal guardian, she, the reason why I think she would never, ever, ever be able to get out is because I think that she it's it's just so many generations in where she knows nothing else beyond she knows that. you and 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 so in that sense I always remember for example Catherine Oxenberg's fight to help her daughter India right? Oxenberg from India from Nexium yeah. uh-huh from yes from the Nexium cult and so I, I always go back. I'm like, what if I tried to do that with my mom? You know, she was, she was my mom. Yeah. And I don't have a daughter who's stuck in there, you know? And although I know she did terrible things, my mom or my, my aunt, um, I, 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 I know that that's not her. Right. That's not her true self. Right. A, her true self chose as a very young woman who had just gotten out of the mission of LDM serving for the apostle and all of these years of abuse that she still does not see as abuse. She doesn't see it. She leaves and she sees five vulnerable children because her sister is can no longer take care of her. Right. And here she comes and she, she, she saves us. Like she, she, I mean, I would not be here without, I would not be alive if not for mm. her or who knows what would have happened in my life. But in, in the essence, like who does that? Only a true good hearted person. You're proving and my point that, though. You know, and so, so never say never, is it going to take the, but is it going to take a criminal, you know, unfortunately there are a lot of crimes that she has participated in. Yeah. And so does it take the jail? Is it going to have to take jail? I don't That's know. I, I honestly don't know. But, you know, for me, my counsel with anybody who's exited a group and family is still in is focus on your own recovery first because you have an yeah. obligation to yourself. Because when you're in a mind control group, you're taught to surrender yourself to the group because you think you're surrendering it to God. It's not selfish to think about yourself and get yourself grounded. You're married with children, Correct. so you have obligations to your husband and your children also. Yeah. But um, uh, my counsel is think about things that you could do that's within your power to do to at least reach out or plant a seed 
or just say, I miss you and I love you. And I'd love to sit down and talk with you someday. She may say, never, you're terrible. But the real her, if she feels your heart, because you're very, your, your heart's very true. Your heart's a very, very, very good hearted person. I feel it. Um, love is stronger than mind control. And to just say, I miss you and I love you and I'd love to, to just hug you. She can say, yeah, but you betrayed, you know, the apostle. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I still miss you and I love you. Right. And that's right. what's within your power to do. And it's up to her and it's up to God and the good part of her, what, how she handles that. And she may say, I want to leave, but I'm afraid I might go to jail. But she needs to have access to someone on the outside to say, right. I'm thinking of leaving, but what about my crimes? And you go, we'll get you a lawyer and we can, yeah. we can figure yeah. this out together. Right. People need an Absolutely. exit, uh, uh, an exit yes. strategy. And, um, and, and all I can say is you never know what you don't know. And there could be somebody walking up to her on the street from a, an ex-member of the Jehovah's Witnesses who smiles and helps her lift her grocery packages and says a few words about how happy they are out of the watchtower you know, and she might say, what do you yeah. mean? And then, well, I was born and raised in this group, and I thought that we alone were doing God's will on earth, and and it could plant some seeds. You never know. And that's why yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on this platform saying, we former members who've gotten free, we can help others. We don't have to sacrifice ourselves and our needs to help others, but along the way, we can plant the seed here. We can be kind here. And and the rest, you know, other, other people can help, right? So you never know. And I, I think yeah. that this cult leader is going to be in jail for a very, very long time. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on the top leadership. Uh, are we in it for the money and the power? You know, or you know, because now we yeah. know that he actually did these crimes. You know, what we're telling the members is not true. And by the way, there's a big turnover rate in the PR departments of cults. I don't know if you've ever Correct. heard yeah. anybody tell you this, but this is what I've observed over five decades. I'll the end of it. <laughs> because they have access or people who attend yeah. legal hearings, they're listening to the testimonies. But then they hear the official word, oh, this is persecution, there's no evidence, but they've listened to all the evidence. So it's what we call cognitive dissonance within the between their real self and their cult self. And uh, people can leave. But again, they need to know there's a place they can go to or someone that they can stay with and won't judge them and tell them they were stupid for staying in right. and those types of things. It makes me crazy when I hear the average uh, person say, well, you chose to be 
in the cult and you deserve it because you're stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. I do have two masters and a PhD, but yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you know what? It has absolutely nothing to do with that. No. It's, 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 it, they, they, it's like telling a person, well, you know, you deserve for somebody to break into the bank and hold you guys hostage. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You deserved it because you decided to go to the bank, girl. Like, right. Or the the other know, magical thing that makes me crazy is the belief that uh, there's no such thing as victims. And if you get mugged, you created that reality that someone was going to rob you and beat you. And it's like, no, you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah, and you were unlucky, exactly. uh, you know? Yeah, like you got hacked. Well, it's your fault because you have your Wi-Fi on. That's why. It's like, oh, really? Okay, well, they stole, you know, you lost your wallet and now they took your social security number. It's like, yeah, it's your fault because you lost your wallet. Like, why would you lose your wallet? So it's like the people are always looking for ways to... Blame the victim. Um, blame the victim yeah. and that 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 happened because it's your fault and now there are things taking responsibility for as in let's say i dropped my wallet well i should be more careful but accidents do happen yep. and if somebody hacks you hey you know what it is illegal because they should not be in your personal privacy a thousand percent. to begin with yeah no a thousand and so <laughs> thousand percent but you know, I want to just call out the evils of. Uh, well, I'm going to use Lifton again to to for this point. Uh, back to the eight criteria brainwashing from Chinese communist uh, a book uh, by Lifton. It's called "Demand for Purity" is one of the eight, and to use a lay term, it's perfectionism. Thinking humans mm. can be perfect is erroneous. No mm -hmm. human is perfect. Okay. And to expect you to be perfect, to know every single thing, what you're supposed to do, what you're not yeah. supposed to do and live perfectly, it just ain't real. We're it's humans. Real. Yeah. Let's have yeah. a learning We're experience. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that you do the X, Y, and Z. Now I know better. I won't do that one again. I'll right. make a new because mistake. Because we're feelers. <laughs> Yeah, we're feelers and we right. occasionally think, right? And, and right. you know, you have your brilliant people who just think more, but it's in their DNA. And then you have those who have studied and have learned. And But, you know, I, I, but we go according to how we feel. And I, I do believe that all of these, the, these church, like LDM, for example, they sell this, like, this perfect afterlife. And if you want this perfect no harm will come to you. You will not be burned for all eternity. You're going to live safely, and and uh, so all of this stuff that they sell through on your in your afterlife, and then your life life. <laughs> if you're here, you won't be in a car accident. You're not going to get sick. You're going like nothing's going to happen to your kids. You're going to have a job, and none of this is going to happen to you. So you're always like trying to live a life that you're like tiptoeing on right. all of these like glasses like glass like broken shells yeah. right like eggshells yeah. and it's like you're so scared that you're gonna and this is just humanity yep. but there are so many types of cults out there but i'm talking about particularly la luz del mundo right, right? 
that cult site side uh, side of it. And so when you leave, you're just like, well, who do I go? Who's going to tell me now what I should dress like or what I should talk like or how am I going to go to heaven now? Right. How do I know if I'm living my life well? How do I know if that's the music that is okay to listen to? Uh, you know, is, is dressing like this okay? Am I going wrong? Am I being maybe caught up into discrimination and I'm going too much against the grind? Like always thinking about what everybody else is going to be yeah. thinking because we're so afraid. Well, it's the external afraid. locus of control programming from being in a cult. You can't trust yeah. your own ability to discern. So you're always looking for someone to tell you. I wasn't that way before the Moonies, but that was my Mooney self. Mm -hmm. And then when I got out, I was still looking for someone to tell me what to do. And it took right. me a while to go back in my mind because right. I wasn't raised and born and raised in a cult. I had a reference point to go back and go, yeah. wait a minute, I used to <laughs> make decisions. Yeah. I, you know, and, and so I know that I have the capacity to do it, but it still was like, you know, working out and getting muscles to be strong again of, let yeah. me push myself instead of looking for someone to tell me what to do. Let me pose the question. What do I think I should do? What's, what's this option like? What's good about it? What's bad about it? What's this option like? What's good about it? What's bad about it? Which one is better? Which is short-term? Which is long-term? So there are decision-making strategies people can learn. And you adapt yeah. uh, a strategy to the circumstance and the timing of the moment. Because some, some decisions you have weeks to make and some you have to make really quickly. And you only Correct. can do the best decision based on the information and experiences you have at that moment. You do a lot Correct. of good guesses. Correct. And I mean, like we all, we all grew up differently, obviously different lives, different cultures, different upbringings. And for example, in multi-generational cults like La Luz del Mundo, we also were being brought up in in, in different households and different circumstances and different situations. Um, but ultimately, there was a particular hour of the day where we were all being taught the same thing over and over again. So our parents and our grandparents, that was our reality. That was our truth. Mm. That was the law. That was everything. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, with me and some of my friends, um, that you happened to meet on the workshop that you so um, awesomely hosted mm. and, and did for us. Um, you know, so many of them took so much help. It just really, really, they took so much from it um, and the bite model. And it's, it was so healing mm. because just understanding and telling yourself, hey, so you know what? You're not crazy. <laughs> like, it's real. Hardly. Like, the trauma is real, yeah. girl. Like, you should be very very proud of yourself for surviving that and so should all of you yes. so particularly and i'm sure you'll remember him roberto guillen he's a very strong man he was you know he's the big guy yeah. who is and so he started you were talking and he's asking you these questions and i'm listening to him and he's crying mm. and he had cried uh, uh i think the night before when we were going over mm. um sort of like the the session and he just was 
he wanted to just open up and there was so much he wanted to talk to, but he had left like 20 years ago, but he kept it bottled up inside of all of the culture and all of the trauma that had built up since he was very young and others who were acting the same way since when you're born. And it's like, we all know we were going through it and we were suffering through it, but nobody really talks about the gruesome sides of it. So, so we kind of like laugh at those points and we're like, we'll make fun of it. Like the songs that we sang that were really creepy and then we'll like laugh it out. And then you have those moments where somebody will really just break down. Yeah. So and and those are the moments that yeah, really and it's never to too late to to heal. And you make another really important point for my listeners, and that is, you can physically leave a cult, but it doesn't mean that you're healed. And you can leave things in a closet in your mind or bottled up. Twenty years later, you have feel safe, to, and you have words to to be able to explain what happens and you're with su- supportive people you you can share and let feelings out and uh, it's Correct. it's a beautiful thing and it's something that motivates me to this day cuz i really i know how how much i suffered um when i got out mm-hmm. i was i was a basket case you would not recognize me i can assure mm-hmm. you i was so ashamed and embarrassed and confused and depressed and I felt like my life was, you know, meaningless and dirty. And then I had all this programmed mm-hmm. crap in my head that I was betraying God. And it was a mess. I, I, I was lucky. I have a family and friends who love me and who are like, welcome home. Mm. We missed you. Aww. You know, my next door neighbor baked yeah. chocolate chip cookies and brought them oh, over and said, welcome beautiful. home. There are any LDM, you know, survivors out there who have family baked chocolate chip cookies. I'm telling <laughs> you, it is, it, it's an act home. of love, but it, it, something about the smell, the taste, and it's just the uh-huh. gesture. Uh, I had another friend who like whipped out a letter that I had written to him after I tried to recruit him and he didn't join. And I was like, Lenny, you're going to be burning with demons all over you, Lenny. And she whips out this letter and he's like, remember writing this to me? This really hurt. And I'm reading it and I'm feeling ashamed and embarrassed and guilty. It was the worst thing he could have done to help me recover. Yes, I understand But he needed to vent because we were best friends. And yeah. I, I, you know, it did. I did not understand how traumatizing yeah. I was by being in a cult to all my family and I friends. They were like, I, I have, a, yeah, I have survivors from LDM who do the same thing to me when they meet me, uh, and or acquaintances. But they'll meet me and they'll say, "Sochil, I am so sorry, but I spoke the worst things about you when I found out." that you were speaking up about this. Um, I spread these horrible rumors about you. And I'm like, I understand that's like, that's not even you. Like, I get you. I want to know the person who's in front of me now. Right, no, exactly. Other if, people, that other person, I don't know who no, that person is. If they're apologizing because like, <laughs> they did bad things. I, I, I remember being at a uh, ex-Scientology party and a woman came over and said, I want to apologize to you. I said, yeah. And she said, 
Well, I was ordered to go through all your garbage cans to find information that we could use yeah. against you. Or I was picketing your office in a Nazi uniform saying, please join Steve Hassan in his crusade against religion. And I'm like, yeah. thank you for telling me that. And it means a lot to me that you're apologizing, you know? Yeah. I mean, Stephen, LDM had a fake victim go and give a statement at the Mexican authorities so that they could know who the agent was who had the case. I see. And that... When I found out about about all of this, this person was saying all of the things that they were organizing to potentially eliminate, not not potentially, they wanted to kill both my husband and I. So they had plans that they had made out on how to hurt and exterminate us, essentially. Yeah. So when they when these people are saying they're crying and they're saying like, I am so sorry, like after all of that stuff that happened to you, like still I was helping so that this would happen to you right. and your family and my daughter. And so I'm like, wow, like they just really turn, try to make their own monsters. Yeah. Like, and, but then you have these beautiful people who say, no, like they're fighting against it and they're fighting against it. They don't want to be that. Person. Of course. They don't want to be the bully. Of course. They don't want to be the murderer. They don't want to be that hit man. They don't, they don't deep down inside want to hurt. Most people them. are good. They just, most people are good. Yeah, There's a few predators. There's a few malignant narcissists. But most people are good. And, you know, uh, people can They're be turned to do evil things. And I'll just name terrorists who want to kill civilians because they are the wrong color or the wrong religion or the wrong this or the wrong that. That's all mind control conditioning, in my opinion. Correct. Yeah, and that's why it's so dangerous. That's yep. why we have to make change in legislation and we need to really get this to uh, the health. To, I mean, this is a, this is real safety. Yeah, it's a public uh, and, health and, emergency. And health. It's a public health emergency. Yep. Like I, it's being done by the masses. It's happening. It, it's happening more just right down the street. You don't even know it. And one, it, one out of five girls is is already being trafficked, and it most likely it will be in in organizations like this. Yeah, and uh, religious cult and, yeah, trafficking, so, and just because it's got religious exemption doesn't mean they can do criminal acts. And that's where we need to update the law, change, and not give exemptions just because somebody says this is a religion. So we. We don't have to uh, pay our laborers that, that are working slave exactly. hours and, and don't have health insurance. So, so Jill Martin, thank exactly. you. With you, Foundation, we will put a blog. We will put links where people can donate thank and you. network with you. And we're talking about helping to do an updated edition of Combating in Spanish and yes. with your help, we are already working on an updated uh, uh, influence continuum and bite model in Spanish to get the word out. I'd rather them support uh, uh, this project as opposed to with you right now. I think that this we're is working where together we really on this because yeah, because we're we're working together yeah. on this, and your work definitely needs to come in Spanish. Now, all of it just needs to be translated, and it is helping us a lot. 
a lot with this law that we're trying to get passed in Mexico. It's a federal law as be wonderful. So awesomely. <laughs> yeah. Let's get, um, let's get high control. I, I mean, that's where the wording is off. Like how we need people like yourself who's just been studying this for so long. You really know the science behind it and the research and the analytics and the just the laws that we have now are are just putting their own citizens at risk yeah. because we have evolved and time has evolved yeah. and these particular cultures have evolved yeah. and laws have to evolve. Exactly. And AI is here. Yeah. And people like Nason Joaquin and let's say La Luz del Mundo or the Moonies, Nexium, like give them artificial intelligence and they can rule the world. And it is extremely dangerous. And it's, I mean, it's here. Yeah, dictators it, have so. AI access, unfortunately. So the issue yeah. is it's your mind. You should control it. Become an educated consumer and uh, heal, yes. heal yourself. And, uh, and, and relationships matter. So real life relationships, yeah. not just online relationships. And with that, all I yeah. can say is I hope to meet you in real life uh, in, in the <laughs> near future. And I want to thank you again for your bravery. Thank your husband, Martin. And uh, Shereen, oh, sorry, apologies. apologies. Okay. Uh, and, um, and we'll be in touch soon. So thank you. Thank you. Bye. That's it for today's episode of The Influence Continuum. I've been your host, Dr. Stephen Hassan. Theme music for the podcast is by Nasser Malik. To keep up to date with me and happenings that I think are important, please visit my website at freedomofmind.com. There you'll find in-depth articles about cults, mind control, and other relevant topics. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at CultExpert. If you want to develop a comprehensive understanding of these topics, I highly recommend my books, Combating Cult Mind Control, Freedom of Mind, and The Cult of Trump in that order. These books are a culmination of 45 plus years of experience and will really help you grasp the complex web of undue influence. I have also launched a new nine hour online course for anyone interested in a deep dive into issues related to recovering from undue influence in all forms. While this course is designed for clinicians, everyone can benefit. If you're a former member, I congratulate you for your bravery and invite you to use the hashtag IGOTOUT and join our online community at IGOTOUT.org. Remember, love is stronger than mind control. And thanks for listening.